All right, 36 holes complete on the Golf.com podcast. I'm Sean Zock. He's Alan Shipnuck. We are alongside the 18th fairway. Play just wrapped up here. Gary Woodland. Who? Gary Woodland has a two-shot lead. He's such an enigma. The guy has so much game. Yeah. And so good. Top to bottom, he doesn't seem to have any weaknesses. I mean, when he wins, his putting is phenomenal. Tremendous ball striker, super long. God, he has that jock swagger. Yes. And yet he just never wins. Yeah, we've been here before. Many times. So until until he shows us he can do it, I'm not sure he can. I was convinced that Justin Rose would be your leader because I thought the afternoon was going to play more difficult than the morning, just like it did yesterday. But Justin Rose kind of petered out because the guy's playing really weird golf. For him, it's weird golf because he's not driving the ball well. He's not striking the ball well. And that's what we've grown accustomed to his game he's putting like a madman and he's number one in strokes gained around the green which is also maybe not his forte and so i don't know i'm not sold on him because of that but some people would be sold right like if the guy's playing and doing well without his a game don't you think that a game's gonna you know show its face on the weekend you would hope so i mean the flip side of that is u.s open pressure the fairways start getting a little more narrow but this guy's a former champ doesn't he is he, it, he is at but some point? it's i mean it's been a long time since he's had a, a drink from that glass I and mean, we're going <laughs> we're going six years now since he won at marion he's he's turned he just turned 40 i mean this the window is open but it's gonna start shutting i think justin rose knows that and he's knocking on the door of the hall of fame He's had a, he's had a very good, almost great career. He needs one more big one. Yes, and he's he's been there at the Masters. He's he was there at the Open. He's had chances. Yeah. Uh, so he, there's there's a lot of pressure on a guy like Justin Rose. He's not 25, so these these chances are are dearly bought. So yes, hopefully uh, from his perspective, the putting's kept him in it. Now he's he'll find something on the range, and if he can if he can strike it better and he can keep putting like this, then look out. Yeah, speaking of the range, I mean, he's been kind of at least it looks like he's half searching for it. When you when you see him and Foley working on things out there, I was following him in the practice round and Foley's out there in the fairway like putting him in positions. That's just kind that's of how never, they that's work. never a good sign though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at a major. Yeah. And that's fine at the Wells Fargo, but you get to place like like Pebble Beach, you just need to play the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the guys who are searching, it is it's usually really hard to find at USO, but now there's more room for error on this setup because the fairways are soft, the greens are soft. The landing zones, that's it. That's it. Soft landing zones. And so it's the effective width of the fairways has grown substantially. Uh, and of course, we're seeing guys stop the ball dead out of the rough. So there's no fire in this golf course, unfortunately. So that allows Justin Rose to hang around with mediocre ball striking. If this was a classic U.S. Open test, he'd probably be plus two. But he's getting away with it. And the way the weather's set up and everything else, he, he may, you know, the course is not going to get that firm, fast, and fiery no. like we want. So this is a kind of U.S. Open where maybe you can get away with some B-minus ball striking. But yeah. If it was windy, people would hear it on the microphones right now. It is not windy. It is tame conditions. And like I said, the landing zones, very soft. I will say that this course sets up in certain spots to kill people who do not strike the ball well. And so that's why I don't have faith in Justin Rose, because we've seen the fringes kill people. Jordan Spieth has gotten annihilated by the fringes, and it's almost annihilated his relationship with his caddy, it would seem. (laughs) Uh, Spieth has actually turned things around actually pretty well a lot of guys turn things around today dj is at two under phil mickelson played well he shot two under today there's a there's a there's a hefty group of people down the leaderboard that just make you think like this is halftime right the warriors were down a couple at halftime and they relatively could have won that game should have won that game (laughs) on thursday night 
I always try to get people to think about these golf tournaments in terms of quarters because that's what these rounds are in most cases. Unless you get a rain out, this is halftime of the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, and anything can happen. And just like in football, you can make the the, the halftime adjustments, and mm-hmm. you can you can change your trajectory. So, uh, some some guys are clearly locked in, and others are, are searching. And it will the, the weekend will really tell the tale. But you're right. I mean, Pebble's still dangerous. You look at Rory; he was rolling along, and he made scary it. when he does that. It is, and then got a little careless with a an approach on 13, made bogey. Okay, yeah. missed missed his drive on 14. Had to lay it probably further back than he wanted to. Spins out approached. He's one yard away from having a nice birdie yeah. try. Instead, he walks off with a seven. Yeah. I mean, Pebble can still bite. We know that, but um, that's that's what we need. I mean, there needs to be a sense of danger mm-hmm. at the U.S. Open, and you know the roughs. They're not cutting the rough. It's getting that's longer. What can they do? They be in the USGA. Right. I mean, people obsess about the sub-air at Augusta National. They have the same system here, so they can dry the greens out to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're sitting here. It's 730 in the evening, and it's, it's misting, and uh, it, this is how the weather is just going to be. So there's only so much that you can do given the the overall environment here. But I, I think this is this has, this transcends meteorology and technology. This is there's yes. a human element to yep. here where there are people involved. Yeah, and the USGA was spooked. You know, they they heard all the saber rattling and all the complaining and all the anonymous grumbling. And I think they made a calculated decision that we are not going to have a screw up no yeah. matter what. And if they shoot 12 under, and if guys are spinning back four irons out of the rough, so be it. It, it um, makes so you wonder though. The one guy who wasn't grumbling is the guy who's won it the last two years, Brooks Kepka, and. He, it, it makes you just kind of think if he was expecting more of a difficult test. He's four under, back-to-back rounds of 69. I think he is the one that's going to break out. And that's not, a, that's not a bold prediction by any means. He's the top five player in the world. Says the guy who predicted him to miss the cut. <laughs> yes, I did predict Brooks to miss the cut. But I, did not, I, just, I thought the guy would come back down to earth. You know, At some point, he'd not, he didn't play well in Canada. Yeah, the law of average would, would seem to, to project that. But... You're, you're right. I mean, look at Kepka's he's the anti-Rose here. He hasn't, he's putted poorly for mm-hmm. two rounds, and he's right there. And so that's scary if you think he can start, he can get the plastic roll. And there is a, a big thing, especially a place like Pebble Beach, uh, when the field gets cut, the greens become a lot better on the weekend. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everyone talks about the yeah. seaside poana, especially when it. they're soft. So the comfort level and the ability to make putts goes up, I think, on Saturday. Now, Sunday's different because of the choke factor, but... Uh, I think you'll see guys be really aggressive on the greens tomorrow, and I, I think you'll see some low rounds. All right. We've talked plenty about Tiger and Phil elsewhere. Which one are you more confident in? Phil has a slight advantage on the leaderboard, and that's not insignificant because now it becomes a numbers game. If if we think the winning score is going to be 8-under, say, which is very realistic, could be 10, could be 9, but it's going to be in that range. Uh, these guys have to play almost perfect golf from this point forward. Phil looks a little closer to that. You know, in the first round, Tiger's iron game was really off. Today, his putting looked a little shaky. Um, there's just there's just some holes in his game right now. Phil looks a little more ready to do it. You know, there was there was a sense that he had he, some juice today. There was a sense he might go low today, and then there was just a little slippage that held him back. But I feel like he might be on the verge he's on the verge i think spieth is on the verge like sneaky despite him and greller kind of having a couple of weird things happen to them he's like they are very much right in it dustin johnson is right in it he's played he's like he's definitely had the quietest two under week so far well and, and spieth is so gritty and even in his his greatest victories 
you, you know, think about Chambers Bay when he makes that that double bogey on the 71st hole. Uh, we know it. There's at, always a screw up. There's always a screw up. From. It's always a high wire act, and I think in some ways he thrives on that. And so yeah. the stuff with Greller, maybe it helps him. It's it's, it's it has him more engaged. It has him a little edgier, and um, I, I think Spieth for sure. There, he's shown signs. He's, I mean, he's leading the the tournament in birdies. If he can just reduce yeah. the mistakes, <laughs> he's right there. I think he's also leading the tournament in strokes gained putting for bogey. I swear, every time that he is, he's got like a 12 footer for bogey. It's in the center of the cup. Well, our our colleague um, Dylan DeCherry made note of this on Twitter, but he's definitely leading the tour in strokes gained, look of disbelief yeah. on his face. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, it's been fun to watch. And I'm not, to me, Spieth is the most compelling guy in golf when he's on the leaderboard because literally anything can happen. Yeah. He, he can go really <laughs> deep and run away with it. He can self-immolate. He can bleed to death slowly. He, he, he can snatch, you know, victory from the jaws of defeat. I yeah. mean, anything is on the table with him, and that's why he's so fun to have around. Uh, you know, Brooks is the opposite of that. When he's on the board, it's just like – it's predictable mm-hmm. and it's bloodless and uh so you know it's kind of fire and ice and that that there's a lot of firepower on this leaderboard maybe not at the tippy top but uh, I mean, it's hard to get excited about a gary woodland or a king louis even though they're they're good golfers yeah. but when you start going down the list you mentioned dustin i mean phil there's there's a lot of good stories brewing and tomorrow's going to tell the tale i mean there's going to need to be some separation uh, there's, there's, it's really a moving day looms large tomorrow because yeah. there's so many guys under par. Yeah, and and the scores could be anywhere. A couple quick things before we go, two notables to miss the cut were Justin Thomas and Tony Finau. I don't have a, I can't bring myself to really care about and either of them. Like it's not <laughs> like DJ missed the cut and it's kind of like earth shattering. Like both I mean, these guys are kind of. Tony Finau just got a career upgrade that you even mentioned him as a notable who missed the cut. I mean, that, that's that's in a big deal for a guy who's won once on tour. Yeah. Uh, you know, Justin's coming off an injury. Yeah. He was always a wild card. But, yeah. um, I mean, that, that, that goes – that speaks to what we're talking about here. The, every player you care about it's still has there. a chance. Yes. I mean, someone's going to shoot another 65 or maybe a 64 tomorrow. Yes. And if they start at one or two under, then all of a sudden they're in a really great position for Sunday. So, uh, you don't know who it's going to be, and that's why we're going to have to get right, up early. Before we go then, let's look at that leaderboard right now. Alan Shipnuck needs to make one prediction on who is going to win this golf tournament with 36 to play. He is choosing. Uh, Rory McIlroy. <laughs> okay, I love it. I mean, the way Rory played, well, I can't, I can't deny it. He played beautiful golf for most of the round, but what impressed me most was after completely screwing up the 14th hole in epic Rory fashion. Yep. I'm, you know, you could you could hear the eye rolls in the press room, and and then he came back birdie birdie. That showed a lot of U.S. Open grit and a lot of fight, and that's often the question with Rory: is he just yeah, you does know he have that? does he have that? Can he access it? I mean, we know that when he's playing well, he can blow people out. We just saw that at Canada, but. Can he grind it out? And that has not been the hallmark of his career. But, you know, he's talked a lot about a different perspective. He's reading all these touchy-feely yeah. new-age books. Yeah. You know, there's this it's is like different the, people in his camp. He turned 30. Like, this, there's this sort of – he's trying to reinvent himself as this more mature, uh, less fiery guy out on the course, which I maybe don't even love. But if it works for him, it works. we're going to find out. So I think that back nine told us a lot about yeah. Rory. All right, well. Who's your pick? Normally, in this scenario, I would make sure that the viewers got two different picks. But I love Rory, too. So we're giving him all the love. I'm going with Rory alongside you. 
And Roy McIlroy is going to win the U.S. Open. Kiss of death. He's done. He's going to shoot 79 tomorrow. But, um, no, it's, it's going to be fun. And it, w- it would be epic. I mean, we need Roy to win a major here soon. We're going on, you know, five long years. There might be a little years. bit of thirst coming from, uh, from these seats because we are desperate, right? We are a little desperate. Well, speak for yourself, thirst trap. <laughs> but I, I just think that golf in general, and, of course, there's a little tournament being played in his hometown, you know, or at least now. his home country. So, uh, you know, Port Rush, where he's had the course record since he was 16 years old. There's, there's, there's a lot building, and if, yeah, if, if Roy, if Roy snags this one, and he, he just surfs into, you know, Port Rush on a tsunami of <laughs> hype and mojo, it would, it would be spectacular. So, um, we'll see. But um, we were talking. I mean, we, we touched on Brooks. He's dangerous. I, I'm not again. We're not going on a limb. If, if I can't take, since you took Rory, I'll take Brooks. Oh wow, you backed up. All right. No, I'm just trying to you give just, the listeners variety. Right, We're that, trying to keep them here. That works. You guys got Brooks and Rory from Sean and. Can I Alan. take Phil? You can take Phil too. Then you got to give me Tiger. Okay. <laughs> Should we just keep going? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. no. Let's let these people go. All right. They're bored. Well, that was another mini pod here on Friday afternoon at the 119th U.S. Open for Alan. I'm Sean, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.